This is Adapted with Anna and Sam. We love books and we love movies. Warning, here be spoilers. Welcome to Adapted with Anna and Sam, that podcast of podcasts where you never have to get used to disappointment. Because all we do is talk about movies and the books they're based on. So warning, here be spoilers. And here are your hosts, Anna and Sam! Hi everybody! Hello! Can y'all hear me? Okay. Can, can you hear us in the back? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down Awkwardly. because I don't podcast standing up. That's not how I work. No, no, no one does. I never have. Um, well, welcome to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna and I'm Sam. Uh, in this podcast, we talk about a book. Woohoo! We talk about a movie or a TV show based on that book. We play some fun games and we encourage you to read and watch along with us. Though hopefully you've done it before you came over here tonight. Yeah, if you're looking <laughs> at the book while we're you're going to miss some things. Um, we are so happy to be here at the famous comedy studio hosted by the Women in Comedy Festival. Yay! Round of applause for Women in Comedy Festival. <laughs> um, this is our very first live show, so thanks for being here, those of you who are here. And someday someone's going to listen to this, so you missed out. This is a lot of fun, and it's a great crowd. Um, <laughs> but because it's our first, we wanted to do something that we loved. And so to celebrate our first live show, we are doing The Princess Bride. The movie we all know and love, and of course, yes. the book it's based on by William Goldman. Woohoo! So, we did want to ask a couple of questions before we got started. First, who here has listened to our podcast? And you don't. Put okay. your hand down. Put your hand down. You have not. No, you haven't. Don't lie, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh. All right. So, uh, who here has seen the movie The Princess Bride? Everyone's Yay. seen it. Okay, good. Good, good, good. All right, now, here's a tricky question. Who's actually read the book? All okay. right, we got one. One person. Nice, perfect. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we read the book. You guys don't have to. We read it for you. Um, <laughs> That's right. So we kind of had a feeling that more people would have seen the movie than read the book. So we are going to do things a little different today. Normally, we do things in chronological order. We do the book first and then the movie after. But we are actually going to start with the movie that we all know and love, and then we'll fill you in on what you missed by not reading the book. Because um, it, is, it is a little different. It is a little bit different, yeah. Just so a little bit. Sam, what is, what is your quick take on The Princess Bride? Um, my quick take is basically this movie is amazing. And I actually was surprised by how much I enjoy the book. And like, I, William Goldman is one of those writers where like you either love him or you hate him. And Who I hates mean, William Goldman? I don't know, people do. Um, I no read one hates William Goldman. I read it under internet, it's true. The internet, is <laughs> the internet is full of haters and liars. Right. You heard me, internet. Right. But what really Why surprised me, though, was how much of the book, how much of the movie was actually straight from the book. Mm -hmm. You know, because I expected, like, you know, he's had years to kind of refine and make better. But no, he was, he had already come up with these ideas in the book. He was, yeah, he was going to use them. I was like, okay, good job, yeah, guy. Totally. What's your quick take? Well, I just want to say that my love is like a storybook story. <laughs> and it's as real as the feelings I feel. Nice. So that's that's, that's nice. Quick take. That's a good job. Yeah. My I had uh, my alternate quick take was um, murdered by pirates is good. 
Oh, Fred Savage. Um, we're not doing six degrees today, so Sam, do you want to kick us off with From the Balcony? Sure. So, uh, released in 1987, The Princess Bride was directed by Rob Reiner and written by William Goldman, based on his novel of the same name. Clearly, because that is all we talk about during Adapted with Anna and Sam, is the movie and their book. It stars, and pardon me as I name almost every single cast member because the casting for this movie is just utterly perfect, uh, the ever-dreamy Carrie Elways as Wesley. Dreamy. Super dreamy. Mandy Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. Also dreamy. Super dreamy. Andre the Frickin' Giant as Fezzik. Large and dreamy. Yes. Uh, spoiler, he might be one of my hotties. Yeah. Uh, Wallace Shawn as Vicini. Well, he's charming, isn't he? He's got um, a lot of personality. I don't know if charming <laughs> is the word I would really use for Wallace Shawn oh. in any movie, but especially this it's movie. A s- it's a special kind of... I mean, he's a fantastic actor, and he just carries his roles throughout the entire movie. But he's interesting. He's super interesting. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yep. Uh, the supremely underrated Chris Sarandon as Chris yes. Humperdinck. He uh, is excellent. He is fantastic. And his hair is on point the whole time. I live in the suburbs now, and I got to tell you, a lot of the moms picking up their kids at school they have look the like exact him. same hairstyle. <laughs> it is that like super hairsprayed, sculpted dome. It's hump- it's Humperdinck hair. You know, it's you, you take that bottle, you just shellac it so it yeah. doesn't move in the breeze, and it's beautiful. And you can ride horseback all day long. Right? I mean, he did do a lot of horse riding. He did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why that got a mm-hmm, but I okay. Don't I don't either. Um, Christopher Guest as Count Rugen. <sighs> yeah, and then Billy Crystal and Carol Kane as Miracle Max and his wife, Valerie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Relationship goals. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Um, this movie is forever quotable, granting us with the gems, inconceivable! You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Uh, to the pain, marriage. <laughs> marriage <laughs> is what brings us together today. To love. And of course, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed, you killed my, my father. father. Prepare, Prepare to, to die. die. Um, now for the plot, since no one here has ever seen this very obscure movie. Uh, <laughs> Let me explain. We'll fill you in. No, there's too much. Let me sum up. We have the framing device of Fred Savage and Peter Falk as grandson and grandfather, with Peter Falk to tell there to tell a story to a sick grandson. And this framing device was actually used very recently uh, for Once Upon a Deadpool, which was hilarious because it was Deadpool as Peter Falk and Fred Savage, grown-up Fred Savage, as his same character, except Deadpool had taped him to the bed, and it was just really funny. So, well, Isn't he actually like he's Fred Savage playing Fred Savage? Yes, yes, he and is. And Deadpool just kidnapped Fred Savage? Yes, okay. which is really funny if you knew Deadpool. Um, but I made Anna watch it because it was just really funny. I watched it. She it didn't was very funny. She did not think it was as funny as I did. I, it was fun. I mean, you, I knew, whatever. <laughs> I don't have to explain myself to you. No, no, you don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that story that Peter Falk is there to tell is The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern, full of fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, and miracles. And, of course, kissing stuff, because that's what every 12-year-old boy wants to hear. I mean, I think they kind of do. I mean, they say they don't, but they totally do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Buttercup lives on a farm in Florin with her servant farm boy, who only ever says, as you wish, a.k.a. I love you. They are true loves, and Wesley, or farm boy, goes off to seek his fortune so they can be married. 
Of course, he is then murdered by pirates, the dread pirate Roberts to be exact, and Buttercup vows never to love again. And mm. this is where Fred Savage says, murdered by pirates is good. Murdered by pirates is good. Yeah. That's, that's a good quote. I mean, who wouldn't want to be murdered I by pirates? I say that weekly at, at work. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to ensure that her vow holds true, five years later, Buttercup agrees to, m to marry the fierce hunter, Prince Humperdinck. He and his advisor, Count Rugen, hire Fasini, Fezzik, and Indigo Montoya to kidnap and murder Buttercup so that Prince Humperdinck can start a war with Gilder, Florin's neighboring country. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, by the way. We've already seen the movie. Spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Um, they are pursued by the man in black who inconceivably climbs the cliffs of insanity, best, the best sword fighter in the world, outfights the strongest man alive, and outsmarts a Sicilian, all to reveal that he is really Wesley, and he's finally come for Buttercup. True love. <laughs> um, Wesley and Buttercup are forced to navigate the fire swamp, only to come up against Prince Humperdinck and his men once they've made it through. Buttercup agrees. You're not going to talk about the R.U.S.s? Well, no. I'm summing up. <laughs> okay. All right. I just I feel all like right, there's a right. lot you could talk about all with right. rodents of unusual right. size. So, you know, they it's the highlight of the movie. They're they're going through this fire swamp, and there's three dangers of the fire swamp. There's the lightning sand, there's the fire shooting thingies, and then there's R-O-U-S's, rodents of unusual size, which are technically just little people in rodent suits. Yeah, the costumes aren't great. And it's very obvious that they're just little people in rodent suits. <laughs> it's not the best budget use. And it's also like, how are you not overpowering? I mean, it's smaller right? than a Labrador. How is it besting you right now? The, the, best, the best part of this scene is when one of them goes to, to bite Wesley's shoulder, and you're like, you're, you're not biting it. You're... No, the puppet well, is it's not. Clear, able it's to clearly bite like it. when you're watching a show and someone like is clearly like it's their own hand and the puppet like choking them. Yeah, it's like it's a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still very moving. You're like, oh no, but you're not really ever in fear for Wesley's life. Um, no. There's a no. Of course not. No. <laughs> There's a story that William Goldman tells in the introduction, and I do not know if it's true or not. Well, they have it on IMDb, so the internet never lies. The internet never lies. That's that, true. Um, and I'm sorry, were you gonna were you gonna talk about this? The no, no, okay. no. This is not a So notes. he talks about so William Goldman wrote the book. William Goldman wrote the screenplay. He knows what happens in the story. He's on set the day that they're filming in the fire swamp and the fire catches Buttercup's dress and he goes, Oh my god, she's on fire. Completely <laughs> ruins like, the take. Ruins the take. Rob Reiner's like, come on, dude. And I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly <laughs> what Rob Reiner said. <laughs> but so William Goldman tells that story about himself and how he yes. was. So it's, it's a fun. Okay. Thank you for covering the fire swamp, Sam. You're welcome. You Thank you continue. for forcing me to not sum up. <laughs> Just that one part. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to make you talk about everything in detail. Well, but you know, I mean, you could. We have time. Um, I want, no, I want to leave more time for me to talk about my stuff. <laughs> okay, so where was I? Okay, here we go. Um, so they've so they've made it through the fire swamp and only to have Prince Humperdinck, Count Rugen, and men waiting for them to, you know, kind of capture Wesley and rescue. I say in quotes, Buttercup. However, Buttercup agrees to marry Humperdinck if he promises not to harm Wesley, which of course Humperdinck does promise, and of course he's lying because he's Prince Humperdinck. We are men of action. Lies do not become us. Oh, that's such a great line. I know it's such a great line. Such a great line. Um, he instead sends Wesley to the pit of despair, and Count Rugen slowly sucks the life out of Wesley one year at a time using his, in, in capital letters, machine. And it's actually great because there's a little bit of trivia on this as well. Like, they couldn't get the suction cups of the machine to actually stick to Carrie Elway, so they had to, like, put Scott uh, masking tape underneath and, like, stick just to get them to stick out because they kept slipping off. And I was like, 
They're suction cups. Why aren't they sucking? <laughs> They're not real suction cups? Apparently. Maybe they used plungers because they needed them. Maybe it's just that Carrie Elway's skin is so, so flawless. Perfect. It couldn't whew. actually get a good... Yeah, can we get a... It's, I need a, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Um, you're just <laughs> jealous. <laughs> I am too. I don't have skin like that either. Oh, God, no. No. Um, so Buttercup has a nightmare about marrying Humperdinck and declares to Humperdinck she will only marry Wesley or else kill herself. Humperdinck, gentleman that he is, agrees, but presents it as a bargain. He will send his four fastest ships to find Wesley, each carrying a letter from, Bus from Buttercup. And if Wesley has not returned to marry her by the time of H Buttercup and Humperdinck's wedding, then Buttercup will still marry Humperdinck as planned. And of course she agrees, because Buttercup is apparently naive. He will cons he, she will consider him as an alternative to suicide, which isn't that the it's grounds for a happy marriage. <laughs> it's like, you can just feel the love pouring oh, out of Humperdinck yeah. right now. Um, like, kill myself, yeah. marry Humperdinck. I guess that's a little better. Not really. It's not really, no. No, not really. Um, on their wedding day, Buttercup finally realizes Butter Humperdinck has lied about letting Wesley go and sending ships after him and pisses off Humperdinck, who says, you should not say such things as these, in a really creepy, good, good job, Chris Sarandon way, um, who then goes and kills Wesley by turning Count Rugen's machine on at full power. And I think in the movie, it's the 50 years, it's the full yeah, power. It's 50. Yeah, 50. Yeah. And Count Rogan goes, not to 50! Ah, and everybody starts panicking. And, and everyone hears the scream as it echoes yep, and reverberates all throughout the kingdom. And they're all like, what's that? What's that? And then only an ego knows what it is. It's the scream of a dying man. It's, it's the man of, it's the, it's the scream of a man whose heart has died or something? Uh, something, I don't know. something very poetic that only Mandy Patinkin can pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have written down that quote. I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> you, I feel like I should have just quoted oh, the yes, entire it's movie. A it's, it's, it's his heart died. I think that's what he says. Okay, I believe sure. you. Just don't look it up later and trust don't it. Don't prove right. us wrong. It's fine. Um, Inigo and, and Fezzik rescue, rescue Wesley from the pit of despair and take him to Miracle Max. Um, and this entire scene is great. Um, and apparently there's, again, trivia on this part saying Rob Reiner couldn't actually be physically on set because he would ruin every take just laughing at Billy Crystal <laughs> as Miracle Max. And that doesn't surprise me. And, again, and if, <laughs> if you watch, yeah, you like can see everybody trying not to react. Or there's a lot of shots where it's like there's reaction shots, but you, I'm pretty sure it's like they were filmed like days film later. later. <laughs> yeah, like there's yep. no shots of like Billy Crystal telling a joke and other people are in the same frame as him. Yeah, and I think if you look at like if you watch one specific moment and see Mandy Pinkett's face, like you can tell he's fighting not to laugh <laughs> and still maintain his serious Spaniard look. Um, but it's great. Um, so Miracle Max discovers Wesley is only mostly dead. Max and his wife Valerie give Inigo and Fezzik a giant pill coated in chocolate to give Wesley to bring him back to life. And it is massive. Like, you think horse pills are big? Like, this is the size of two cockroaches, like. What, cockroaches, really? You couldn't have been like. That's what the leaves look like. You could have been like, it's a giant gumball. It's the size but of a gumball. But it's not the shape of a gumball. It's like elongated. I, I could have gone way worse. I didn't. I could have gone way I worse. I think two cockroaches <laughs> locked in an eternal <laughs> embrace is pretty bad. Uh, all right, I'll give you that. But I'm, no, I'm not taking it's it back. pretty disgusting, Sam. <laughs> I, you know, it, the pill looked gross. I'm sorry. The okay, fine. Yes, the pill does look gross. I will agree with you. All right, thank you. Um, Humperdinck and Buttercup supposedly get married when Humperdinck rushes the, the impressive clergyman through the ceremony, so he really only says man and wife. And that's man and wife. Say man, man and, and wife. wife. Man and wife. Skip to the end. After Inigo, Fezzik, and Wesley storm the castle. 
And this is also a really great scene because Andre the Giant is just like, I am the dread pirate Roberts. And it's like super just like, I don't know, atmospheric or whatever. It's, it's, I think I would be terrified if I saw right? that flaming giant coming fire. towards me. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we all know Wesley isn't storming anything. He's only there for his brains at this point because he's still kind of flopping around. Uh, Inigo chases, count, chases after Count Rugen, who murdered his father and needs to prepare to die. Fezzik gets lost, and Wesley stops Buttercup from killing herself and damaging her perfect breasts. He also kindly points out she didn't actually get married. Wesley bluff, bluffs Humperdinck into surrounding himself by playing to the pain, and Fezzik arrives with four white horses for everyone to ride off into the sunset on. Wesley and Buttercup then share a kiss to blow all their kisses out of the water. And Fred Savage asks Peter Falk to come back and read the story again tomorrow. The Aww. end. Yay. Yay! It's a happy ending. It is a happy ending. And it's such a, such a good movie. I don't know. Like, like, there's never... Other than like the whole albino thing, there's really not a not a thing wrong with it. It holds up remarkably it does well. Does hold up really well. I could watch that one over and over again. Yeah. And like introducing that to my daughter was such a like. This is why you have kids. Yep. Is to show them the movies you loved as a child. And <laughs> Princess Bride was at the top of the list. It was like Labyrinth, yeah. Princess Bride, Dark Crystal, Dark Crystal, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is more her dad's thing, but that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm happy to introduce her to it, but I could have waited on yes. Star Wars. Yes. Her dad could not. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> <coughs> All right, Anna, do you want to give us your book report? I would love to. <clears throat> so, The Princess Bride by William Goldman was first published in 1973. Uh, Goldman what? tried. That's older than what? me. That is older than several of us. Uh. Some of us, <laughs> it's not older than. <laughs> and yet you still haven't read the book. You've had time. Mm. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so um, he did actually try to get it made into a movie, movie for years. So he it did. did. It took 15 years to get it made into a I'm movie. I'm pretty sure he, he had given up before Rob Reiner reached out to him, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the full title of the book is Princess, The Princess Bride, S. Morgenstern's Classic Tale of True Love and High Adventure. And um, I first read this book years ago, and I remember being genuinely confused about who wrote the book. I'm like, wait, did William Goldman write it? Or who is this S. Morgenstern person? Um, so just to be really clear, William Goldman wrote the book, S. Morgenstern does not exist. He is a fictional character that William Goldman created. And the framing device, and I'll, I'll talk more about the framing device in a minute, um, but the framing device is that Goldman is adapting this book that he um, loved as a child to make it more palatable for a modern audience. And so throughout the book, Goldman is commenting on Morgenstern's writing, who is, I repeat, not real, um, and is and it's the writing that Goldman did, so it's like delightfully confusing. I, I love how he like uses his commentary to point out this is uh, Morgenstern's satire on the way of uh, <laughs> the way Florence's whole government structure is set up and how it operates, and he clearly loves his country, but he thinks there's thing there's flaws in it. And yeah, and like in the footnotes, he'll be coming to me like, "Isn't this part great? As Morgenstern did such a part, good job on this part. I love this. <laughs> like, you wrote it, dude." Um, and then, of course, there's additional layers. If you pick up the 30th anniversary edition, which is the one we have, it includes the new introduction for the 30th anniversary edition, the introduction written for the 25th anniversary edition, and then at the end, he actually wrote the first chapter to the sequel, um, and that includes a whole explanation for why that is there. So um, 
It's called Buttercup's Baby. It's called Buttercup's Baby. And is and it's also peppered with anecdotes about the filming of the movie, which really happened, um, and about him visiting the fictional care, uh, country of Florin to research the fictional author, Morgenstern. So, again, the layers of deception here. Yeah, and I think the Florin and Gilder are actually based on Dutch currency, not actual, like, country names. Right. It sounds real because those are actual words, yes. but they're not actual countries. Right. Um, so the original introduction begins, this is my favorite book in the world, though I have never read it. You see in the fictional version of his life, William Goldman is a character in his own novel. He was very sick when he was 10 years old. He had pneumonia, and the recovery period lasted several weeks when he was too weak to do anything. And so his father, who was a Florinese immigrant, and remember, Florin is a made-up country, um, he reads to him from The Princess Bride, and uh, Goldman says that the book changed his life, and he became a writer because of that book. The famous cliff scene in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is inspired by the Cliffs of Insanity. And again, layers of deception here. William Goldman really did write Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's just not inspired by a book he'd already read because he hadn't read right. it because it hadn't been yeah. written yet. And like the, he, he sprinkles so much of truth in there that I actually had to go look up his wife's name and to see what he actually had for children because I was like, is this part real? Yeah, what's so, real? So Goldman I don't understand. In the book, in the footnotes, Goldman talks about uh, he's married to a famous child psychiatrist named Helen and has one son named Jason. They are not real. That's not his wife's real no. name. He actually had two daughters. Her name is Eileen. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> so um, when his fictional son Jason turns ten, at the same age he was when he first read The Princess Bride, he gets him a copy and gives it to him to to read. And Jason doesn't read it. And Jason doesn't like it. And Goldman's flabbergasted why he wouldn't love this book. So when he finally picks up his son's copy, he realizes that when his father read to him all those times when he was a kid, he was actually skipping over huge sections of the book. So Morgenstern was more interested in satire and mocking courtly manners and politics. So he had written a thousand page manuscript <laughs> and there were a few, and like with entire chapters around um, clothing and packing clothes and unpacking clothes and months and months of royal parties and wedding preparation, and it's super boring. So um, his dad just skipped that stuff, and Goldman decided that he would set out and edit the book, cut out all of the not uh, romance and adventure stuff, and just leave the good parts. So what we have here is the good parts version of the book, and that's what gets published. Um, now, the good parts version is actually very similar to the movie, as Sam said. Um, there's a few things that don't make it into the movie that are kind of fun. Um, it's definitely a book of, of numbers. Yes. Uh, he talks about how Buttercup is one of the top 20 most beautiful women in the world when Wesley leaves, and her grief actually makes her more beautiful, and so by the time she becomes engaged to Humperdinck, she is the most beautiful woman in the world. Um, Fezzik is the strongest man in the world. Inigo Montoya is the greatest swordsman in a generation. Prince Humperdinck is the greatest hunter alive, and Wesley bests them all. Yay, Wesley! Yay, Wesley! Um, the book gives us more of Fezzik's backstory, how he started as a wrestler before he was the age of 10. He was supporting his family. Um, he didn't want to fight, and for his first match, his mother said, um, life is pain. Anyone who says different is selling something. So that does make it into the movie. Um, we get more of Inigo Montoya's backstory and how he trained to become the greatest sword fighter in the world. And, of course, we learn more about how Wesley trained to beat them all. And I do want to have a sidebar here. Okay. Both Wesley and Inigo talk about how they only sleep four hours a night so they can, they can dedicate the rest of their time to training. And I call BS. 
I only get four hours of sleep a night, and <laughs> I am not the best at anything. <laughs> I am barely a functional adult. I showered last night, and I feel like that's something I can brag about. I mean, that is something to brag about. Yeah. yeah. I am only here because several strong people, like, manhandled my children into a corner for me to escape. So <laughs> getting less sleep does not make you better at things, William Goldman. I mean... So there. I may have gone off script there. I don't know. <laughs> I feel really passionately. That really Tell annoyed me. Really I was reading the book and I was very annoyed. <laughs> um, so, but the biggest thing that the movie leaves out is the zoo of death. Oh man, this is a great part. And the zoo of death is awesome. So Prince Humperdinck is the greatest hunter in the world, but as his father gets older and is less able to keep up with running the country, Humperdinck can't travel as much. So he brings all of the animals that he wants to hunt to him. And Count Rogan helps him create this five-level underground zoo. And each level has different uh, animals in it, and they're the deadliest, the fastest, most elusive creatures on Earth. And um, it, is, it is really cool. It and is. there is a secret entrance that takes you all the way down to the bottom level, but the main entrance, which is the one that Inigo Montoya and Fezzik go through, actually you have to go through all of those layers of deadly animals to get to the bottom, where Wesley is waiting for them, right. mostly dead. And uh, the Goldman makes the point of saying that the fifth level has been kept empty because it's like Humperdinck is saving it for like the biggest game, the, the best, the um, fiercest... He can what, what's the, the the most dangerous game is hunting man? Yeah, so now so it's man. So, so it's Wesley. It's Wesley. But then he kills him with the machine. So, um, so yeah. So they in the lowest level they torture Wesley and hook him up to the machine, and you know that's not a great day for him. Um, but then <laughs> Fezzik and Inigo have to go through this. You know they have to face these horrible creatures to and use all of their strengths and their sword with, um, skill with a sword to get to the bottom and. It's a really exciting sequence, and I understand why it would be really difficult to film, yes. especially without CGI to make those animals work. But yeah, if, I mean, if, if they, they look like the RUSs, exactly. Like if, if that was how they did the RUSs, I'm really glad that we did not get the Zoo of Death. Yeah, because I feel like it would not have it would have spoiled the movie. Yeah, it might bit. not have worked. So yeah. understanding why they left it out, but seriously, read the book and read that section because it's a lot of fun. Um, also, the book does have um, a longer sequence with Miracle Max and Valerie, which I highly recommend because they're so adorable and they are just as New York Jewish in the move in the book as they are in the movie. Like this, <laughs> it is straight out of the book that that, that characterization. Um, so back to the framing device of Goldman's fictionalized life, because in the 25th anniversary edition, he expands even more about what has been happening since the book public was published and the movie came out. You see, S. Morgenstern's estate wasn't very happy with what he'd done to the original manuscript, and there is a series of lawsuits that take years and years and years to resolve. And again, Florin is made up, Morgenstern is fictional, this and is these lawyers don't all exist. Not real. But he describes all of the sequence, and it's like really well written, and you it's get like caught up in it. It's like this is what he wants. This is what he wishes his life were like. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So there, I think there is one thing that's very much like um, fantasy, which is he he has a grandson, Willie, who is fictional but he's like the perfect grandson he loves the story of princess bride he loves the book he even doesn't mind the kissing stuff and when he gets to the end he wants more and so um they find out that morgan stern did write a sequel called buttercup's baby and willie begs him to adapt that as well so that he can read it because it's never been adapted into english but Morgan Stern's estate doesn't want him to. They want Stephen King to write the adaptation. <laughs> because he is not only the most popular novelist of the 20th century, Stephen King is of Florinese descent. 
And so no. Goldman, that's fictional, Florin doesn't exist. So Goldman wrote the scene where he meets Stephen King at the airport in Bangor and basically has an emotional <laughs> breakdown because he hasn't written a novel in years and this is his last chance. And Stephen King's like, I don't know, your book wasn't that good, the movie was better. <laughs> and they talk about misery because William Goldman actually did in real he life write it, the yeah. adaptation of Misery and he's, um, he talks about how they cast Kathy Bates and it was like, it made her career and he tells this really great story about Kathy Bates being cast in the show, which in the movie, which I think is probably a real story, but him meeting Stephen King and having an emotional breakdown about this book that That's doesn't exist true. is probably made up. So there's a lot of there's a lot of layers going on. So Stephen King uh, finally agrees to let William Goldman adapt the first chapter as a trial run. And so that's why the first chapter is in the reprinting for the 25th anniversary edition. It was Stephen King's idea. And then in the Everything's 30th anniversary idea. edition, he talks about going to Florin with his grandson, Willie, and how Stephen King like called a bunch of his cousins in Florin and were like, you should meet with this guy, show him around. He goes to, there's a William, um, there's an S. Morgenstern Museum they go to. So it's, it's Stephen King has uh, uh, got a lot of people in Florin, so he's got like ways to get in. I want to know what Stephen King thought about this. Like I bet when he, when he it was read great. this, when he read this introduction, like what was he thinking? Like who's like, oh that William Goldman, he's such a kidder, or was he just like, I don't remember any of this. He's like, how I'm do I not know this whole <laughs> branch of my family exists? I was on a lot of painkillers at the time. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm he's from like, Florin. Cool. Well, awesome. I don't know why my Stephen King is a stoner. But I don't either. Apparently that's why I'm doing the voice. <laughs> uh, he's an interesting. Um, so. In the um, intro to the Buttercup's Baby section, Goldman talks about how he hasn't written a novel in years and he doesn't feel like a real writer. Um, and in real life, his last novel was written in 1986. And after that, he did write some few more, um, he wrote some memoirs, he did write a couple more screenplays. Some were better than others. That's for sure. Dreamcatcher. Oh my god. Such and a bad movie. It's oh and it's a Stephen god. King adaptation. Oh. So thanks. See, that's, that's what William Goldman did because Stephen King... Do you think Stephen King was punishing him by yeah. making him do the... Well, the book's really good. The book is better than the movie. Yep. We should do that one. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I told you, we, we get a lot of material out of that one. Yeah, that's, it's bad. It's, it's a bad movie, you guys. Oh, my God, yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> so in 2012, at a 25th anniversary reunion of the Princess Bride cast, uh, Goldman said... Goldman was asked if he planned a sequel, and he said, quote, I'm desperate to make it and write it, and I don't know how. I would love to make it more than anything else I've not written. And he died in 2018 at the age of 87. And Buttercup's Baby was never finished. Oh, so that's kind of sad. It's really sad. Because like the book was so good. And he was, he was such a good writer, he actually really hated his writing. Yeah, like when well. asked, he would say, I wrote Princess Bride is pretty good, and um, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is pretty good, and everything else is. Yeah, he didn't even he didn't even like all the President's Men. Well, I think also well, like I think there was some there was also some yeah. some drama on that one too. But um, but yeah, so but yeah, so that is the book, The Princess Bride. Aww, thank you. All right, but now it's time for some fun and games. Yes, Are you guys ready for that? Yeah. Let's yeah. have some heartthrobs and hairdos. So if you've heard the podcast, you know that we like to. Uh, do some rankings. It's yeah. very competitive. Yes, uh, we do. Actors are always writing into us, being like, "I can't believe I was only your number two in this." And I'm like, "They're like, how was I not even mentioned?" I'm like, "Lawrence Olivia, you're dead. How did you get an email account? <laughs> this is weird." Um, so if we could get the next slide, thank you. Oh my gosh, I love. We have visual aids. This is great. This is awesome. So my top three hotties. The first one is 
Carrie nice. always. Come on, you guys. <laughs> he has skin that is so perfect. No suction cup. I'm will stick pretty to sure it. we even use the same picture. Did we? Yeah. Well, so look at the bangs. <laughs> his bangs just like artfully so arced across dreamy. his eyes. I can't pull that off. Uh, My no. hair does not look like that. Oh, so pretty. Um, I'm pretty sure we're gonna overlap on number two as well. Can we Probably. see the next one? Yep. Nah. Inigo yep. Montoya. Yeah. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Their sword fight is so good, too. It is I mean, the it best is like a sword dance. fight in any movie. It is fantastic. It is certainly better than The Long Night. I have a feeling that we do not overlap on the third one, though. Probably not. This one is a little bit out of left field. Aww. I'm going to give it to William Goldman. Nice. William Goldman like is it. a brilliant writer. We have done several of his yes, movies already because we did Misery. We, we did, did Misery. All the President's Men. Yep. Uh, spoiler alert. It's not a... Uh, it's, it's a nuts. It's coming up this season. Yeah, but <laughs> by the time this episode is released, we will have already true. have released the. Yes, but we do have this. a live audience. I don't. Uh, we're not making. We're doing that one. We are not making the audience up this time. <laughs> the audience is real. <laughs> um, but William Goldman, he's a. I think he's a really interesting guy. And yeah, look at that. He's kind of yeah, cute. He's very Pretty handsome. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my three hotties, Sam. All right. What are your three hotties? Uh, so if we can go to my intro slide. Oh, yep. All right, Steven added some extra, so nothing was hanging. This is our logo that yeah. Steven designed. Uh, my top hotties. Oh, yeah. Did you write that, or did Sam, or did Steven write that? No, no, I did that. You wrote, oh, yeah? I wrote my own commentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know you can say your commentary. <laughs> no, no, it's much more fun. All right, let's see. Uh, next slide, please. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's Parallelways. We're so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You guys are just falling over in shock. Um, next slide, please. Yay! Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. He, he killed my father. Mm. I am prepared. I am so prepared. Um, All right. <laughs> and then, l next slide. Andre okay. the Giant! All right. Fezzik. Yeah. I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but I'm, I just, I'm terrified. He's adorable. He, he is, is so adorable. adorable in this movie. He is adorable, but he's four times my size. Yeah, but and you're smaller than me. He's I five times your size. I don't actually have to do anything. Like, he just has to be adorable okay. in the corner. All right. Well, while I'm with Carrie Alway's Amanda Patinkin. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I see why he's number three then. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not top of the list. No, no, no. no um, yeah, we can just advance to the next slide because um, I think it's Yet's logo again. Okay. All right. Which Stephen Libby, Fourth Wall Graphics, made us a great logo. Right? Yes, he did. Beautiful. And he's really exclusive. He only does graphic design for you if you ask him really nicely and or give him a baby. <laughs> Two, two babies. It takes two babies. He made the logo before the second one was born. So. <laughs> but it was a, like it was an option. Like yeah. he knew it was an option. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I gave him the second baby, and he made the slideshow for us. <laughs> there you go. Um, so next, let's talk about our top outfits. Awesome. Is it mine first? Uh, your first. All right. Let's do yeah. our first. Let's do the next slide. Okay. So top looks from this. Anna's top styles, and let's see what the first one is. It is. Oh, Wesley's mask because they are so comfortable. Everyone is going to be wearing them in the future. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. I didn't wear mine today because I had to wear makeup instead. That makes sense. Right. Uh, <laughs> my next look, I think a little bit more traditional. Um, nice. Buttercup actually looks better in blue than most humans do. She has several baby blue dresses. Her mm -hmm. baby blue dressing gown is fantastic. Yes. But I think this is probably the best one of the this bunch. Is. Her hair is fantastic. Uh, mine does not look as good. Um, oh, no. But yeah, that, that princess dress, man. That, oof, mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. And then last is a little bit of a cheat because it's actually two outfits. We could go to the next slide. Um, the wedding couple. Beautiful. Prince Humperdinck and Princess Buttercup have the most fantastic clothes 
And the best part of Prince Humperdinck's outfit is when he goes to sit down and he picks up his sleeves. Yes, I love that part of it. Um, so if we could advance to the next slide. I just want to say that Anna and I spend a lot of time together. What? And so no, we are not any, any we, there's no similarities between us whatsoever. And, you know, we don't overlap ever. If we could go to the next, next slide. Uh, so these are going to be my top styles. And I think you'll be super surprised by all of them. Uh, um, Sam? <laughs> can you go to the next slide, please? So I did actually go with her red dress at the beginning. Oh my gosh, I love this picture. Isn't that great? They look that's so catty. That's definitely like a behind the scenes. I think so, yeah. They're adorable. Yeah, so, but I, I just love this dress. Um, if we could go to, to the next slide. It's it the same blue dress! Not only that, but it's the same picture. <laughs> it's the same picture. <laughs> okay, I thought I told Steven that if there was overlap, he should like... No, I, don't, I didn't remember seeing that at all. But. All right, you know what? Don't hire Steven. He's no good. <laughs> um, if we could go to the next slide. I yeah. did. I stuck with just Humperdinck's finery, though. Like and I breathing the exact same thing when he yep. picks up his sleeves That's and sits exactly down. what I had in mind. Yep. yep. I also uh, I have to say, um, Buttercup's wedding crown. It was beautiful. It's like vines and yep. flowers, and it's yeah. I should have worn a crown yeah. for my wedding. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know. Um, but I did have uh, one extra one extra one. So if you we could go extra? to the next slide. You have a bonus. I have a bonus. Can we go to the next slide? Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the impressive clergyman. Yes, that's a good archbishop look. Right. You know what? You should wear hats like that. I'm not sure I could pull it off. Though. You could pull it off. I would. You could. Mm, I would yes. probably bump into more things than I already do. Well, no, just don't wear heels. Oh, that's true. I never do that. Yeah, anyways. if you wear flats okay. and a tall hat, it's no problem. Much the same I thing as wearing. I would be the same size as everyone slugs. else at that point. Yeah. Then. All right. Cool. All right. Make it even six feet. Very nice. All right. All right. Uh, if we could just go to the next styles. slide, so we can just go back to our logo. Thank there you go. very much. All right, uh, but now we've done our top three styles and hotties. I think it's time for some quizzes and questions. Yeah. All right, All right. so um, Sam, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. So what is your favorite thing from the book that didn't make it into the movie? <sighs> I mean, I want to say the zoo of death, but that's just super obvious because... I already said it. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. You can say it. You can say it's the zoo, the zoo No, death. I mean, I think it is... I think um, I like the that there's more to the farm at the beginning. Mm. Yeah, we actually like meet Buttercup's I parents. Like, I like meeting her family and seeing how mm -hmm. she's kind of created in, in like, like how she becomes Buttercup. Sure. Yeah, and I like that they flesh out the relationship between Wesley and Buttercup a little bit more. The backstory. Yeah. 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 I would say that. You know what I think my favorite thing is that's what? left out other than the zoo of death? Yeah. Um, when they are on the four white horses and they're about to leave, Humperdinck's men come out to stop them. And she stands up on the horse and goes, I am the queen. Yes. And they back off and let them go. They go. And like, Buttercup gets to actually like, yeah, you know. Because they don't know that she's not the them. queen. Yeah. I mean, she's technically only the princess, but still. Yeah. Yep. It's great. Um, so, you know, she's got the attitude. Um, what, are your, what are your questions? Uh, so my first one was, uh, why do you think Chris Sarandon's performance isn't as lauded as the rest of the cast? I think he's an absolute perfect Humperdinck. He is a great Humperdinck, I think because there's just so many other great performances. Yeah. It's like our minds can only capture, you know, yep. three or four things at a time. And That's fair. It's, it's not as splashy as That's true. Billy Crystal. He is, he is, for considering who he's playing, he is much more under, understated than anybody else. If she is otherwise when I find her, <laughs> I will be very put out. <laughs> he's got some choice lines. He, he does. does. Like oh, he's he is almost more quotable than well, he's certainly more quotable than Count Rugen for sure. But and yet Count Rugen's a little bit more. Everybody knows him. Yeah, memorable. I think because of his six fingers. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's gonna stick in he your is, mind. He is a six-fingered man. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. 
All right, do you have another question? Um, I actually have a question for our audience. Oh. So I wanted to ask you guys, the framing device for this movie is that the child is sick and his grandfather reads him something that he loves. What is your favorite cultural comfort food when you're sick? Chicken soup is actual food, though. <laughs> That's let not me, what let she me repeat asked, the question. Nice what try. is your favorite cultural comfort? Not food. Jane Austen. My nice. mom says Jane Austen, and you guys, Jane Austen's mine too, so I think that might be. Um, I wonder where you got that genetic. from. Genetic. I don't know. Huh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Watership Ooh. Down. Did you know they're making that into a movie soon? Another one? Another one, yeah. Okay. Because they made it into a cartoon. It. And they're, they're, uh, it's going to be like one of those Jungle Book CGI Isn't things. Watership Down like horribly depressing? Don't rabbits die? Yes. That's all I remember. I watched it a long time ago. And I just remember that, that, that it was terrifying and that rabbits yeah. died. Yes. Is there more into it? Yeah. I sh- yeah, sh- are you saying I should, should, we should do probably read it? Yeah, we should do Watership Down. Yeah. Let's do that. I mean, it's not like we don't have enough choices already. Anyone else? <laughs> oh, interesting. Wait, what was it? Robert Heinlein's Time Enough for Love. Robert Heinlein's Time Enough for Love. Robert Heinlein. I think our dads should talk about Heinlein. I think they should, yeah. <laughs> well, the, it was funny. The um, Paul and I took a road trip to visit um, my brother Peter, and I made him listen to our Starship Troopers, Troopers episode <laughs> because of his, his joy. Um, he has some choice things to say, but that's fine. Um, he enjoyed it for the most part. So... My parents didn't listen to the Starship Troopers episode until several months after it had been (laughs) released. So if you've listened to that episode, Sam and I talk a lot about my dad and how he made me read the book, and I kind of forgot to. And um, like like three, four months after we'd done it, he's like, okay, I have have things I need to say to you. (laughs) I'm ready to talk about it now. (laughs) So we finally had our belated Starship Troopers discussion. It was very nice, I'm sure. Bonus content. (laughs) <laughs> um, cool. Do you have any cool. other questions? Um, I did have one, mo- one more question, um, and anybody is welcome to answer it, or Anna. Mm. Um, but for those of you who have read the book, so I think it's basically just your mom, um, <laughs> which version of Buttercup is your favorite? Because they are slightly different. They be- are different. They are, very, they are different between the book mm. and the movie. Book or movie? What do you, what do you guys think? Book or movie? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. Mom? You like the yeah. movie Buttercup better? You know what is not... Gr- Book Buttercup's much more practical and yes. pragmatic, uh, to the point where she makes some not great choices. I would agree. And then, but I think she also grows and learns more than movie Buttercup. Movie Buttercup yes. doesn't really change much. No, she is. She's. I mean, she doesn't. She ha- doesn't nearly have as much to do in the movie as she does in the book. That's true. Um, in the book, she's a little. She's more complicated. She's much more complicated in the book. I'm gonna go with Book Buttercup. All right. I, I like, like Book it. Buttercup better. Nice. I forgot how to say her name, but I like her better. <laughs> All right, so those are all, those are all the questions I have. Okay, so we're actually going to do a special game for this live show Yay. called Battle of Wits, Woo. and you have to guess which cup had the poison in it the Can whole time. Can we go to the time. next slide, Eli? Um, no, actually, this is going to be a trivia contest. Woo. So we would like to invite two audience members um, who think they know the Princess Bride really well, and, it's and if you answer it the movie. right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the movie. Don't worry. If you wins are right, you have a chance to win some cool swag. What? We have mugs. <laughs> they say a dad's with Anna and Sam on them. They're very functional, too. They're, I don't know if they're dishwasher safe. All, All right, right, we great. got two volunteers. You two, come on up. <laughs> Yay! All right, so. All right. 
Uh, next slide, please. All right, so first question. Kristen, you're go, first. Okay. Step up to the microphone and say your name. Hello, this is Kristen. That's Kristen, you guys. Hey. Okay. So, Kristen, your first question is, can we go to the next slide? There should be more. There we go. To the deck, or rather, to the swag. Cool. <laughs> All right, and I'm the next I one. I can't help myself. All right, so, question for you, Kristen. What is Count Rogan's first name? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It starts with a T. Any, anyone know and want to give Kristen an assist? We'll let you ask the audience. It starts starts with a T and ends with an own, and rhymes with own. Tyrone. It's Tyrone! Yay! Yay! You can't count that as a point for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next slide. Okay, please. the next one should go better. Yeah. All right. So, Michelle, would you like to introduce yourself into the mic? Introduce yourself. I'm Michelle. Michelle Barber, everybody. Michelle Barbera, the founder of the feast. We would not be here without you. <laughs> Can you name any of the previous Dread Pirate Roberts? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> so there's Wesley, and there oh, is at least Robert. So the, so any of the other pirates before him? Do you remember the name of the previous captain? It no. starts with an R and ends with an Ian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't, we give her, why don't we give her a simple question? We're going to give you an easier question. Apparently, um, we studied too hard. <laughs> no one else knows this as well as we All do. Right. We're obsessed. Well, I mean, that's our job. Easier question for you. What is Inigo Montoya's father's name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what is the name of the oh, okay, actor? Ask, ask the audience. Ask the audience. He knows. Uh, no, Dad. That's wrong. It's not Diego. <laughs> All right, what is that actor's name? <laughs> Yeah, all right, she wins. Uh, yeah, give her the swag. Yay! <laughs> okay, so Woo. next time we're going to make the trivia questions easier. Applause. Round of applause for our winners. You guys did great. Thank, Thank you for being brave volunteers. All right. Uh, the previous Dread Pirate Roberts for future trivia nights, Ryan, Cummerbund, and Roberts. And Roberts. <laughs> he was the first yeah. one. So we are now up to our last game, which is our fake awards. Oh, fake awards. I love Yay. this one. Okay. Um, um, so I'll just kick it off with my Jeff Goldblum Award. So every podcast, we give the Jeff Goldblum Award away to, um, you know, what we feel is he kind of like, you know, sticks out, but in a really good way or sometimes not in a good way, depending on who it is. Yeah, the Jeff Goldblum Award is an honor, but it's also like, huh. Yeah. I noticed you, and I'm not sure that that, that was the right thing. Right. Yep. But maybe it was. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum Award. So my, my Jeff Goldblum Award is the latter because it goes to Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, but only mm. in the best way possible. In th yes. So along a similar vein, <laughs> I had a really, really hard time with a Jeff Goldblum Award because I feel like everyone in this movie yes. is doing a Jeff Goldblum. Y yes. There's so much yep. like weird energy that yes. shouldn't fit, and yet it somehow does. Yes. And I kind of want to give the Jeff Goldblum Award to the whole movie. Done. Or, I like it. Um, but then I also would like to give the Billy Crystal Award to Billy Crystal. <laughs> and the Billy Crystal Award is just like the Jeff Goldblum Award, but it's Except less it's sexy. Yes, very less. That is my... I like it. <laughs> All right, I think that's a new one. <laughs> what are your other awards, Sam? Um, so my Dearest Love Award goes to Carrie Always because, yeah. you know, 
He's great always. Um, and then I have two more. The creepiest childhood childhood artwork award goes to the handmade Santa hanging behind Fred Savage on oh, his closet door. Yeah, that is a hideous Santa, and if my child made it, it would find its way into the recycling bin. Yep. <laughs> and then the best sword fight ever goes to Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elways. Yes. Well done, boys. Well Very done. well done. Stands up. All right. What are your um, remaining awards? I have a few more awards. All right. Um, I want to give the Bromance Award to Fezzik and Inigo. Yeah. Um, and I want to give the Bankable White Chris Award <laughs> to Chris Sarandon and yes. Christopher Guest. Because they are both excellent White Chris. Yeah, they, really are the original Chris's. they are the original Chris's. They are the original Chris's. <laughs> All right. Well, since the invention of the podcast, there have been many live tapings that have been rated as the most passionate, the most pure. But this audience has left them all behind. Thank, Thank you, you all for coming to our first live show. We are so honored that you guys were here. And uh, we hope that you had fun and will continue to listen at home, in the car, and at work when your boss isn't working. looking. Thank you so much to the Women in Comedy Festival, especially Michelle, for giving us this chance and this opportunity. Yay. And thank you so much to the Comedy Studio for hosting us and for Eli for all of his Thank you, Eli. Thank you so much, Eli. Um, be sure to check out the full schedule of events for the Women in Comedy Festival. You can find them all on WICF.com, and there's plenty to check out and support and today and support both today and tomorrow. They have yep. a full cast of characters going on. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget to help us spread the word. Uh, rate and review on iTunes. Tell your friends, coworkers, and any six-fingered men that you meet how great Adapt with Anna and Sam is. Um, and if you want to talk to us, you can always email us at adaptedwithannaandsam at gmail.com. Uh, you can also post anything on Facebook. You can find us at Adapted with Anna and Sam. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Adopted Podcast. Thanks for coming to our live taping and for listening to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna, and I wish Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was based on a book. Aww. I'm Sam, and I wish Best in Show was based on a book. Good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.